Welcome to another episode of Card Authority, another mini cast. It's been a big, big week. Lots of been going on. I think it's a good time, as always, to bring in, well, not the star of the show, but certainly one of the AJs. And welcome to the show once again, Jenks. How are you, my friend? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm going well. We both just commented to each other just before the show. We're both starting to hit a bit of a wall, but this is giving me the second wind right now, baby. It's it's been a it's been a I wouldn't say it's been a big week obviously but gee it 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 feels like yesterday was a long day and today has been a long day and I guess uh, yeah it just uh, it it it's all been happening so look I guess we'll give everyone a little bit of a rundown um, you know if you've been happened to be living under a rock in the last week in the card community so Select released two thousand and twenty brilliance which um, was a feature product for the end of the year. I guess we can call it a Series 4 release for 2020. Um, it's a, a single card per box release that was priced at $150. 2,100 boxes were available, and you can only buy two each. Well, you're only meant to be allowed to buy two each. Um, and it was released yesterday. So select... Um, and to give Select credit before we move on, have really executed not only the announcement with like Lynn Gilmartin last week, but also the release and the selling and the distribution, which we'll talk a little bit about. But there were two slots yesterday, two o'clock, six o'clock and nine o'clock where people could buy stock. Um, how did you go, first of all, before you move on? What, what slot were you able to get into and how did you find that new process that Select was rolling out? Um, so I got into the first one yesterday morning and, uh, as you said, it was a really long day yesterday and probably something we're not used to in terms of AFL, because what we obviously was going on is that, well, for you and I, we're obviously trying to track what a bit of the movement of, and the metrics of what's going on with everyone else. But for the entirety of the hobby, you very much had people static the whole day on it because they knew every few hours they were going in to have a crack or you knew someone that was going in to have a crack and you know we obviously wanted to see how those waves would go i think it's uh, an interesting methodology and clearly it was a response uh from select due to what happened with dominance and the backlash around dominance and i think um like everything it has its pros and its cons um, I think it's really good in terms of it provides alternate time opportunities for people that have varying schedules and also people who are in different time zones around the country. But then I suppose it also opens the door for manipulation and anyone who's trying to get multiples, they have three opportunities to go after those multiples as well. So there's been a lot of concern with respect to the use of bots this time around, well, which seems to be something that's increasing in the hobby. So and yeah. across the board in all forms of collectibles. Let's just put bots on hold for one second because we will circle yeah. back. And already there's been a flood of comments in um, in the chat about bots, so we will talk about them shortly. But you personally, what what slot were you able to buy cards in? In the in the in the, in the two o'clock one, the first one. Okay, and, I, yeah, and so that, that's when I got mine as well. How yeah. how, long, how long did you feel that you had to actually get those cards? Was it quicker or shorter than perhaps previous releases? So it's interesting. So I, I was timing it. I was actually timing it. So I, I did a separate time. I should have actually taken a video recording of the timer. Yep. And I had it. So I got my transaction through in probably in about 10 to 12 seconds, start to finish. And then what I did was try and run the gauntlet of the process again to see at what point the system would show up as sold out. Yep. 
um, and I got the first one at 24 seconds. So 24 seconds, the system was locking was locking out the carts as as product um, inventory exhausted, you know, yeah. item, item exhausted in the back end system. So 24 seconds for that. And then I found that the other two afterwards, which I was tracking them both as well, they both pretty much went dead on the 22nd mark and they were gone. So they actually went a bit faster, which I didn't think was the case. I thought the morning one would have, oh, not the morning one, the first 2 p.m. drop would have the biggest rush on it and then the others would be slightly less because so many people will have got their, their what they wanted in the first one. But clearly that's not the case. And it's an indicator of two things. One, it's an indicator that the marketplace is far bigger than what it's been before in terms of participation. There's a lot more individuals out there who are trying to attain product. Yep. Um, and two, there's obviously lots of people who have been quite crafty with respect to using alternative accounts and stuff like that. And I might just add like on that, I'm gonna commend select I probably shouldn't be shouldn't be doing this publicly, but I am going to commence select because they obviously took a position that they would go after people who attempted to do multiples and they would do what they can to mitigate. And that was everything from addresses to names and households and all that, all those sorts of things. Now I'm going to frame it this way that with the intent of market research, I decided to try and put through a transaction in the second one yesterday, the 6 p.m. slot, a transaction in my son Dylan's name to see what would happen. And it actually went through. And then within 16, I could see when they canceled it, 16 minutes after the transaction went through, I got a notification that it had been canceled and refunded. So as much as like someone would be frustrated from a personal perspective that they're trying to get something for their, for their kid or whatever it may be, in that, to that extent, Select absolutely manually went through every single transaction, found what they deemed to be discrepancies or people trying to cheat the system. And in the interest of the market research I was doing, the conclusion to the market research is in fact that I reckon they've caught out quite a lot of people. And as a result, we've seen that product come back onto the market. So it really doesn't get any fairer than that. And again, when we talk about the bots thing, we'll, we can get into a bit more depth about how that all operates as well. Yeah, and just to put a bit of a disclaimer about that, you know, obviously both Adam and myself are not flippers. You know, you do legitimately do cards with your son. And yes, you know, as you've just admitted, you did bend the rules a little bit, but it wasn't as though you were buying some extras to go and, you know, sell them on the secondary market. So, yeah, as far it, as my son Dylan knows, only before, he got all, two, before all yeah. the comments light up, you know what I mean? Like, he, 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 only Dylan got two boxes ultimately, and we've just, we've just, uh, we've just, uh, yeah, cracked them just before, and I had a film Dylan doing that, so we might put that out a bit later. But uh, as far as Dylan's concerned, only he got his boxes, and I didn't get any. So, I was going after two for him and two for me, and uh, there you go. Their system seemed to work. So uh, I think I'm, I'm as happy that it got rejected as I would have been to actually get it through because at least it shows that their, their system is working to some sort of extent. And it's certainly not going to be foolproof. There's no doubt about that. But at least if they're knocking off the real blatant ones, then, then that's good. I don't think we can really ask for much more in terms of consumer protection because everything else, as we'll talk about, is not related to select. It's an e-commerce issue in general. Yeah, and, and I guess, look, a nice little, again, commending select on the way they've executed this. True to their word, during the day, there were, and this is talking about today, so the following day, there were randoms 
allotments of cards and boxes that went up that people said that they picked up at 11 o'clock this morning or one o'clock or whenever it might be. And true to their word, any accounts that they found that were buying duplicate orders, they were putting those straight back onto the market for other people to buy. So, you know, they said that they wanted to go with a mantra of making this for collectors. You know, we've spoken to between us quite a few retail outlets and no one got them. They All the guys that own shops had to go and buy multiples themselves. Um, they weren't given any kind of allocation. So well done to select for, I guess, drawing the line in the sand and actually following through with what they were saying they were going to do where, you know, again, historically there may have been a few grey areas when they may or may not have done that. So, you know, well done for them for actually executing that when they said they would. Yeah, um, and uh, sorry, I just think probably yeah. as well, um, a lot, as you said, a lot of people received their product today. They purchased it yesterday at 2 p.m. and they got it today in the morning. Like literally we're talking about getting it within 18 hours of purchase and it came from New South Wales or wherever those people all are. Yeah. Um, that, that, that is, and given the current circumstances of the postal system and everything else, that is an absolute Herculean effort from Select. And I don't think people necessarily realise Select isn't this giant operation with 100 people working at a factory. Select is a small family business. It's a small business in every classification. Yep. And they have a couple, a couple of people in their Sydney office and a couple of people in the Melbourne warehouse. And, and people need to understand, for all those people that actually got their stock today, that is literally Robbie, who you, if you've ever called the Select office or you've ever sent them an email, that is Robbie, who is effectively the administrator of Select, who would have sat there between 2 p.m. and probably 5.55 p.m manually packing every single one of those orders and those express post orders and then physically taking them down to the local post office. They would have arranged it with some people at the post office saying we're going to come in with a late delivery this afternoon. To be fair, I think Australia Post probably brought a truck to them. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think yeah. Robbie was wheeling a trolley down to select with 700, 700 boxes. Either way, though, it's a really impressive effort, and we're not talking about this mega-scale production line, so good on them for yep. making that happen. And, um, yeah, you know, that's, uh, yep. that's, how, that's how it goes. And, look, welcome, Will, to the show. Um, oh, sorry, not Will. Someone else saying first-time watcher, so welcome to the show. And, Will, two boxes too small for a maximum? I don't think so. They had a mantra that they wanted this to be in the hands of collectors. Again, we're going to talk about bots in a second. But, I mean, there really wasn't many people that missed out. The overall feeling and sentiment that I got from all the groups and the chats that I had, I'm not sure what your opinion was, Jenks, but I felt like a lot of people got stock. Not too many people missed out. There's always a few people that are going to whinge um, and a few people got unlucky for sure, but I think a lot of people did. And just to touch on the, again, the excellent work that Select did, um, I placed my order at two minutes past two or whatever it was. Mine had a dispatch number by 2.34. I was one of the smart people that did Express. And it was literally on the truck at 2.48. Now, you know, for that to be moving within 40 minutes of me purchasing it, some of the best oh, e-commerce stores in the world are not that yeah. quick. Yeah, so, honestly, they must have a thermal printer set up and they're printing their own Ozpost labels, I'm assuming, those, those labels that are on the boxes. So yeah. you're talking like... The, you know, they're plugged into a Shopify system. The system's capturing the, the purchase, payment outputs, sends it through to select for dispatch. 
they literally were, must have been sitting at the computers going bang, 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 just bang, th thermal sticker straight off the printer onto the box, ready to go. Because as you said, the fact that they've been scanned, scanned, you know, half an hour later is unbelievable. Like, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, so look, really good. And look, we are going to congratulate Select a lot, you know, and full disclosure, we have no association with them. We're not paid by them. There's nothing like that. We just generally give credit where credit is due and Select have done so many good things with this release and the execution of the purchasing and the distribution well and truly is one of those things. So look, yeah. let's let's talk about POTS because everyone wants to hear about it and obviously um, it's been talked about. So yesterday at about 2.30, a thread started on a page and I'm not going to mention the page, but screenshots were shown where a guy was... I wouldn't say brag. Well, he was bragging that he effectively, yeah, yeah. But I think at the same time, his reasons for why he did it, and I think he said at one point, you know, he wants to give his family a good Christmas, and if he can flip these boxes, that's going to allow them to do it. And I mean, if that's his choice, I don't agree with it, and I wouldn't do it. But if that's what he wants to do, that's fine, um, or not fine, but that's his prerogative. He basically declared to everybody that he had a bot running. He was able to get five orders through of two boxes each, and he acquired 10 boxes. Well, as you can imagine, well, and you know, we talked about this, Janks, all the chat groups, all the threads went absolutely fucking cocoa bananas. Um, how disgraceful this guy was, how, you know, he's stealing it from people's collection, you know, he's ruining Christmas for other people, or, you know, scammer, as people are saying, you know, he 100% broke the rules and we don't encourage that sort of situation. And I'm certainly not going to mention the bots that he talked about and things like that. I'm not going to give any airtime to that. So if people are thinking about putting that in the comments, we are not giving that any kind of, you know, airtime at all. But for what people, you know, perhaps people that have never heard about bots before today or yesterday, should I say, a bot basically is a, um, a bit of software that you can run and they're quite simple to use to a certain extent that it communicates with or it knows the Shopify backend. So people may not be aware that um, Select is built on a platform, the Select website is built on Shopify, which is a publicly huge e-commerce system all around the world. Hundreds of websites that you would use for any of your buying would um, integrate with that. And once you get through effectively the first page where you pick the products, the, the purchasing and the credit card transaction, all that kind of stuff is fairly consistent and it's all actually run by Shopify. So these bots or computer software in simple term, basically hit this site very quickly knowing all the inputs that you need to put in at once and that allows you to do a high amount of transactions all in one go, which is quicker than physically clicking on your mouse. Um, so if you're not aware of how that works, like these bots, can cost anywhere from a thousand bucks to a few thousand dollars. Um, we know people that are using them. There's, with, cheap. there's cheap ones as well. There's ones for seventy nine. Yeah, there's seventy nine dollar yeah. ones. There's all different ones. It just depends on the efficiency. But yeah, yeah. yeah so um, you know, people are using them. Um, there are a few little things that you need to have in place. And again, I'm not going to give any airtime about how you actually use these things because I don't think it's a healthy thing to promote. Um, but Clearly, bots have been really strong in the sneaker industry. 
I believe probably in your real world as well, they're probably very strong with concert tickets and events and things like that. Things that very quickly things get sold out and have huge ability to flip them nice and fast, it generally attracts those kinds of industries. Um, Obviously, I've given my take on it. What's what's your view on it, James? Like, how do you see bots in this industry moving forward? It's it's look. I've got um, it's an interesting situa- situation. I try I'm you know try to be quite pragmatic, I suppose, in my approach to everything and realistic. That I'm you know my background is in the music industry and very much so in concert touring and producing concerts. And we have been fighting a huge battle with ticket resellers and. What would other be not and otherwise known as scalpers effectively digitally you know scalpers in the modern age instead of standing out the front of a venue flipping tickets they're they're doing it online but in order to purchase that high volume of concert tickets or event tickets to begin with they're using bots to do it so the irony is you know i'm sitting here now talking about trading cards wearing my trading card hat and we're talking about effectively the scalping the it is scalping it's the resale and scalping and the use of bots to, to do that and acquire that. Um, what's really interesting is I've actually, on behalf of the music industry, I've gone and given evidence at, at a couple of different parliamentary inquiries into the resale of products and the use of bots and how the use of bots uh, creates unfair positions basically within the marketplace because it takes it away from being a level playing field. Now, at the end of the day, they can legislate and they can create laws and they can do all this sort of stuff but the ability to enforce is where the issue lays and the ability to enforce or to mitigate it is ultimately going to lie with those e-commerce platforms themselves yep. so with with regards to what's going here on here in this situation and that there seems to be really substantial outrage around the, the fact that people have been using bots and people have moved in. Well, the reality is, as we always talk about, this is a really maturing market. The domestic trading card and sports trading card market is something that is only just coming to age and starting to mature. The use of bots has not only been around in other sectors and other different industries, but it's been used in NBA, NFL and sports trading cards for several years already now. And it's very prevalent. The people in that those segments of the hobby have become very used to the fact that they are contending against bots. Most people, can't even get recommended retail price product and they don't expect or anticipate they're going to be able to. It's how much can they buy it for in the secondary market before it gets flipped by four different sets of people. And that will continue to happen in our hobby. What I'd like to see happen is obviously we want to see the e-commerce platforms such as Shopify and whatnot continue to do whatever they can in terms of their processes and their infrastructure to, to fight it off. But ultimately, it's it's there to stay. I don't see how they get rid of it. And exactly well, as you said, it's not well, like it, a robot. Does, does Shopify yeah. care? Well, Shopify, ultimately, they would make money per transaction or based on a subscription fee. So uh, in terms of at face value, no, they probably don't care. But deep down, they would have to care because what the concern would be is that one of their competitors will develop a more secure platform that mitigates against the use of bots and scripts and as a result, all their customers may end up going somewhere else. So my expectation is that all these e-commerce platforms and providers would be doing uh, everything on an ongoing basis to try and secure their systems and their payment gateways. And whether that's against fraudulent transactions, against legitimate bot usage or, or money laundering or whatever it may be, I think they have a responsibility to their own subscribers and to the public to do that. So with all that being said, I don't think the bot usage yesterday is at the scale of what people think it is. 
2,100 2, units released yesterday. I think people have this crazy idea in their mind that, you know, bots snapped up 50% of the product. I don't think that's the case. I think it would be well under 10%. Um, yeah. And look, some interesting things. So obviously the sales finished, the, the two o'clock sale finished at about 20 past two. The first person was brave enough to get on eBay and posted six boxes for sale, the one customer, at I think $300 was the original price and then went to 350 pretty quickly. And yeah. the, 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 the interesting thing for me was that not only the outrage, because people were like, how does this guy have six boxes, blah, blah, blah. But on eBay, it shows how many people have viewed this product in the last hour. And I think I sent you this screenshot. Yeah. Over a 1,000 people had looked at that item. So let's just wind it back a little bit. If there's 2,100 boxes of Brilliance and you're allowed two each, most people got two, that's 1,100 customers. So you're telling me that the market depth for cards at the moment all of those people went and had a look at that eBay. It actually just shows me that there were thousands of people yesterday, not a thousand, thousands that were trying to get stock. So to validate a little bit what you said there, I think people think bots were used, but I think that it wasn't as bad as what everyone thinks. You know, a lot of people got stock. A lot of people. Yeah. Got stock. Well, here's the thing. From what I can tell, like within our, within let's say our close Facebook communities that you and I are both a part of, where we can track a lot of the movement, it seems like the overwhelming majority of people got what they were after. And obviously, you know, there was a limit of two boxes. There's no doubt, plenty of people got more than two boxes, and people that we know, and that's their prerogative. Like I didn't really care. Like good on them, whatever. That's that's up to them. But from what I can tell, it's a very small amount of people we know within. Um, the uh, let's call it the Facebook social media collector base, and uh, and it was limited. So oh, that's interesting what you've just put up on the screen there, because I was about to say my data and what my tracking is and what I'm looking at metrics wise is showing about a four to one it was a four to one ratio on demand versus supply. And what Jace is saying there, if there was five thousand each release, that's fifteen thousand. So across the three releases. Um, that's you know it, it's pretty substantial. That's that's showing us effectively a six and a half to one or seven to one, yeah. seven to one ratio. So I think that's about right. So somewhere between, you know, between four and ten. So for every one box available, there's between four and ten people that want to purchase that box, and that's why so much is already sold on eBay. People may not realize because they're not looking in depth at it, but overnight, sixteen of those boxes sold overnight on eBay for yeah. between three hundred and three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, and people were buying them at three o'clock. So there were still two releases left, but people were choosing to go and spend $300 to go and buy boxes on the secondary market. So it shows that the demand was there and people were legitimately worried about missing out. Absolutely, absolutely. And people are still worried about missing out because I'm pretty sure a box sold about 30 minutes ago for $350 on eBay. Yeah, there's been sales going all day. I've been keeping an eye on that as well. So look, yeah. I guess bots unfortunately are a part of any kind of sophisticated industry that is maturing. While things are going to have huge secondary market value, they're highly in demand. Unfortunately, things are going to be like that. But again, I, I think I could have a rough guess that I felt like 80 to 90% of the people that wanted stock yesterday got stock. Absolutely. And I think the key underlying thing that people need to remember is everyone wants to be outraged and people have absolutely the right to be outraged, pissed off, happy, sad, whatever, that, whatever. However, the emotion is that they want to feel, that's absolutely fine. But at the end of the day, the market 
drives itself. It is not being manipulated. It's every individual that wants to buy something is a reflection of why there is a secondary market. And that's the reason why single cards have value. And now we're seeing the new trend of sealed stock having value. But ultimately, if the people don't want it, they won't buy it and there is no secondary market. So it's all good and proper to blame someone else, but we all want to participate in something. It's very, very popular. So if we all want to participate in it, this is what happens. The market forces are truly at work here. Yep. And so, look, you know, we'll move on from bots now. Look, obviously, if people have questions, um, we can talk about this on another show. Do you know what I mean? Um, or if people want to send us messages privately, we're more than happy to chat about it. We're certainly not experts, but if people want to ask some questions, go for your life. But look, I think that the way Select did the three tiers of the three different slots gave people a lot of opportunity yesterday if they were at work or if they had to deal with kids or they wanted to shop late night. So, again, well done with Select for that. Can it be better? Of course, it can always be better. But I think it's a huge improvement to what happened with Dominance, for example, where it was sold out in 30 seconds and everyone was just salty and bitter the whole day. Yesterday, it was a, a ride of emotions for people that had got it, were still trying, then got it and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it was a, a long day because obviously we were involved in a ton of conversations yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, go, mate. Yep. I was just going to say a great segue here, actually, and I reckon you've spotted it as well, is Mr. Michael Kerr has just brought up something, a very, very valid point there. Uh, and that might be one worth bringing up on the screen. Uh, about the damage? Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec. We'll, we'll hold on to that no for a second. Yeah, Michael, I've, I've seen your message, but we'll get back to that. So let's then fast forward to this morning, okay? Um, stock arrived, and somehow I think I was... Well, I'm not going to say that I was the first person in the world to open it because obviously um, lovely Lynn Gilmartin opened a couple last week. But um, it seemed like I was one of the very first and we did a quick box open of my two boxes and posted on Card Authority. Um, and the response and the engagement for people wanting to see the cards and see that people actually got them, it, you know, it completely surprised us. Um, obviously, I had a fairly um i was quite lucky and you know here's the 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 beautiful card here it is the nice rocker brothers redemption sig fair to say i got a few messages about it i um yeah, there were a few people interested in purchasing and trading it so um yeah, it was a uh, very very interesting and yes Bodie, i certainly beat cherry even though cherry you guys are amazing and oh what's this oh tom mitchell Wow. Um, but, you know, I, I was, you know, one of the first. Cherry were very quick behind us. And, you know, we were able to show the product to a lot of people very early on this morning. And that just started a wave, a wave of people. You know, I saw one guy, I can't remember his name, but I did comment on his thread today where he was out the front of his house. And every time an Australian post fan went past, he filmed it. And then the van would drive past and he'd be like, uh. You know, there was some quality content today um, about people, just the excitement of receiving their product. So the product came, everyone started opening it. Um, how do you think the, the the initial feedback was? Were were 
we won't so much talk about pricing at this second, but do you think people were overall excited and happy about what they were getting? Uh, I, I feel like it. I feel like the excitement's there. It's it's a premium product. We're from AFL. We're not used to these superior products. I said to you, you opened yours this morning, and uh, I, I said to you, well, like, what does it look like and feel like in hand? Because your video you just showed me looks amazing, but what is it actually like? Like when you compare it to Supremacy, which is, which is you know, to date the you know greatest product in terms of look and feel and quality and superiority, and you and you said, well, yeah, it's thicker and it's got a metallic border. Do you want me to use the analogy to do with the showstopper and the Supremacy? <laughs> okay, well, consider, considering we're not PG rated, it is after nine o'clock at night. AJ described it to me. He goes, basically, um, um, imagine a showstopper hooked up with a supremacy card and had a child. Yeah, and it, it's, it's 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 the it's the uh, the firstborn of a supremacy and showstopper that hooked up. And I think that's a really good way to look at it. Um, you know, we're not going to get into an in-depth discussion about pricing yet because we probably still want to get a bit more data and metrics over the next 24 hours and one yep. it will give us something to talk about in the future. But it's a, it, it's an unprecedented high-quality product. We have nothing to compare it to and you can't compare the AFL stuff to NBA or NFL or anything else because it's a very different market and it's something we're absolutely not used to in this domestic space. It is an amazing, it is an amazing thing. Like... As yep. I just put up again, you know, it's, it, it, look, you know, seriously, <laughs> seriously, it's, it's the real deal. It is the real deal. It is a full package. It is heavy. It is thick. It is weighted. And they are absolutely stunning cards, notwithstanding there are some manufacturing issues. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in a second. And I guess, look, um, you know, obviously everyone seems to be keeping theirs in their folder, but because I've got a redemption, I'll take it out. So I'm not sure if we can see that on camera, but it is thick. Mm. It is a thick card. You know, it, it's a, a metal base around it. Um, I, I described it. It felt like a – we were talking about this today. It feels like a Centurion card, an Amex. I don't know how many of you guys people have got um, – you know, Platinum Amexes. I know you do, obviously, Jenks, but, you know. Oh, of course. People like me. Me and Shaq. Me know. and Shaq, we go car shopping together, me and Shaquille O'Neal, for sure. But, but for us, you know, common people like myself, I've obviously held one before. Um, you know, it's um, it's an impressive product to hold. It's there's, I've never, obviously, I'm part of the new generation of collectors as such, and I haven't, I haven't held a card like this before. It's really, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. Well, look, we'll, we'll, we'll cover, I guess, the elephant in the room about it now. So you touched on it briefly before. The first one is the horrendous typo spelling mistake on the front of. So I'm not sure if we can see that. Yep. So you'll notice that there is an eye missing from brilliance on the redemption cards. Um, I mean... Shit happens, but you would think probably someone should have picked that up. Um, but look, it's um, yeah, it happens. It happens. Um, we we certainly noticed that a few of the the gold frames on a few people's cards perhaps have had some little nicks or some little marks. Um, I don't know whether or not that's from a 
production side of things that then hasn't been picked up as the cards have been put into it. Um, I guess probably, and this is just a guess, all these cards are in Ultra Pro One Touches. I'm guessing that they were shipped off, produced, joined together, and then came back to select and most likely chucked in One Touches by hand. Of course, by hand, not a robot or a monkey, but um, they were done probably sitting in an office. Then they were put in boxes and they were put into a pile. So there may have just been a little bit of a, um, and I guess a, an oversight of that. Um, we've we've seen a couple janks that are probably a little bit worse than others. Do you think Select has a case here where they're going to have to replace some cards due to the metal barrier or the metal border? Uh, yes. Well, they have a responsibility to their customers and they have a responsibility to the marketplace and to consumers to ensure that they are delivering the product at the quality that it should be. Now, if like every series of cards, there's always manufacturing faults. There's faults that happen either during the production process or during the packing process. It happens. It happens with every card company. And to be honest with you, I would say it's probably not as bad with Select as what it is with some of the big international companies, which is quite interesting in itself. Panini are horrendous. Some of them, like, you know, with gouges in cards and things like that. And the guys at Cherry on our stream will probably be able to confirm that for us as well. They would have seen some doozies in their time. And that's the thing. I think we we need to have a level of expectation that not everything's always going to be 100%. And you've got to remember, you know, the four or six people that actually work at Select Australia are not standing on a factory floor in China looking at every single card. These things go on ships and they come by air freight or sea freight once the container comes in. And it's not like you can just turn around and change your entire run, push back the whole delivery date, push back the release and all that sort of stuff. So as we've talked about in the past, Select keeps overruns of cards for replacement from genuine manufacturing damage. Now, if you're a person that's going to go break the fucking one-touch open and open the seal, take the card out and play around with it, and whether you damage it or it was already damaged to begin with, I would expect that you're not getting anything replaced. However, they yep. do have a void sticker on them. I think if it's noticeable damage, um, then then yeah, you have you have a case there to contact select and send that card in for review for replacement. However, people probably should use their discretion a bit as well. If we're talking about a minor, minor little scratch or something like that, is it really worth going through the gauntlet of the process of a six to twelve month replacement? Whereas if your card's gouged or cornered or something, it's got an issue with it, then then you'll go through it. I think I said to you earlier, like. It's a bit of a predicament because you could open one of these boxes now and you get a card now and the card's damaged. And whether your intent is to keep that card or sell that card, whatever it is, you're also put into an awkward position there of, okay, well, do I actually need to get it replaced and how long will it take to get replaced and what happens to the value of it or the opportunities for trade or whatever it may present itself in the short term whilst the card's getting replaced. So I totally get it. It's a bit of a downer. Um, and to be honest with you, with, with um, dominance is where I've seen the most issues in a long time. I found that on the rise of rookie cards, for some reason, all the zero ones across the board, all teams were very, very damaged with whitening and corner issues. Yep. So, it, you know, it, it makes you wonder, but I've also got them, you know, sitting in the cabinet behind me here because I don't want to wait 12 months for a replacement, but eventually I'll send it all off and get it done. But, yeah, it, it's look, it's disappointing. But I also think that we can't expect that everything's going to be perfect. This is a, a product that's not, there isn't 10 of them. 
And this one, yeah, there may only be 2,100 of them, but you need to expect that there's going to be a percentage of it. Now, if it's a really widespread, spread, apologies, a, a really widespread problem across the board, then that's going to present probably a bit of a PR disaster for the company and they'll need to address that for what it is. But so far, we're seeing a lot of hairline stuff, nothing major, major, I would say. Yeah, and it's probably a small sample too. I guess we're going to have a clearer picture of this over the next couple of days as more people, you know, pretty much if you got Express, you're going to, you would have received it today or you'll get it tomorrow. If you've gone the snail mail route, which, um, you know, a lot of people did in the in the desire to get the product quickly, they're probably going to receive it Friday or Monday. I think sort of come mid next week, we're going to have a better idea of a bigger sample set of the conditions of the cards. Um, absolutely. So, sorry, just jumping off topic for a second. I see we've got uh, the Cherry Gang on board the stream at the moment. So I don't know if that's you, Charlie, or Grayson, or I don't know who it is. Could even be Dale. I don't know who it is. I'm going to through them. I'm, I'm going to assume it's uh, it's Charlie on here with us now, mate. I saw you comment just uh, a few minutes ago saying that Cherry actually has not ordered any of this stock and did not get any of this stock. All you guys got was uh, what Blake broke earlier, which I saw you did claim as a. Uh, world first, but I think Bodie Brown did confirm to us you were a few minutes behind the almighty card authority, but we will forgive you for that, you uh, you legends over there. But what I did want to say is it's really interesting that you guys didn't get any product. Can you give us right here an exclusive scoop? Is the G-Man over at Cherry planning to go and bounty this product? Are you guys looking to acquire this product to break down the singles? I'll let you simmer on that and respond accordingly if you oh. can. But I do understand if you are not privy to say because it is a matter of national security. So you just let us, you let us know uh, in the comments over there if we've got an inside scoop here tonight or not. I was going to say this sounds like a good old fashioned stitch up. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what the cherry guys come back to. Um, so obviously we've talked a little bit about the damage. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the, the collation while we wait for the cherry guys to get back to us. <laughs> we've, uh, we, we've certainly seen a little bit of a trend um, today of some of the early cards that were released. And I guess the most notable one that I'll, I will mention is that we noticed that there was Polly Farmer, who's a legend card for Geelong, and also yep. the Madden Brothers um, signature redemption card. Both came out together a couple of times. Well, I went into a couple of times. I think I counted four of them. Is this just a coincidence or is this perhaps a preview to some issues we're going to have well, that Select may have had with this collation of this series? Sure. I think there's uh, collation issues every single series. Not one goes by where there isn't an issue. And I suppose they go up and down as to how significant the issues really are. Um, it's a really interesting one with this. There is no doubt there is collation that can be predicted in this and it's sequenced in a way. What what does it come down to? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm, yeah, you could say maybe it's a lazy process, a flawed process, whatever it is. All we can do is speculate because we're not there. We don't know how these were packed. My speculation is that these things came from China. So you have these gold boxes that would have come from China, probably packed into a carton, 50 to a carton or 25 to a carton or something like that. Um, they would get shipped to Australia like that. 
then those cartons would get broken down by select and the boxes would get placed then into the express post boxes that those who have received them today, you'll notice what you obviously receive them in. Yep. So um, I, I don't know, I imagine in my mind that there's a couple of people sitting around in a circle and they've got like a few boxes and cartons in front of them. They're grabbing one, grabbing one, plonking them in. What I suspect is rather than having 20 or 40 different variations of cartons all in the room at the one time, they were doing a sequence. So here comes a carton, one from here and one from the one next to it. Then one from box four and one from box five, you know, three. So, and as a result of that, what we're seeing is a whole bunch of the same sequencing going on. Now, the only thing that's going to throw my entire my entire reasoning off, or not my reasoning, uh, what do we want to call it? My, my concepts of what, why I, what I think of how they're doing it with the cartons and that it would be a carton of a player. So if there's Seb Ross, all 50 Seb Ross are in one box. That's how I would look at it, is that I've just looked at the two serial numbers on the front of mine two here, of which one's a Tom Mitchell and one's a Chris Mayne wearing, and the serial numbers of each box are only one apart from each other, which now makes me think that my two boxes here, my two boxes must have come in a carton stacked one in front of the other which then throws out the whole idea of the players. So I don't know if, uh, let me see if you can see that or not. I don't know how well that's in the vision. No, that's not. That's terrible. All that's right, there that's we go. Okay, so that is ends in 7-1. And this one ends in, what does it end in? Because I can't see. Uh, that's 7-2. There you go. So 7-1 and 7-2, which then, because they're in sequence, that throws my whole idea out the window <laughs> basically all well, in one shot wow i've really come full circle here haven't i well i mean i hadn't even noticed that and i've just checked my two and mine are five apart so right. so i don't know if we can actually put any weight into that whatsoever yeah um, so the, con the conclusion is there is no conclusion <laughs> we are definitely, <laughs> we're definitely we're definitely seeing we're seeing a lot of people who purchased two boxes having the same things coming out as you said you got the one with the poly farmer there's a few other ones as well to look out for people will figure it out and uh <laughs> yeah there you go there's been too many poly farmer ones and what was the card that's with it was it the boke no the madden um the madden sorry so it's a farmer in the Madden Sea, and then there's a boke that comes with uh, the Travis Boke, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever it is. The Travis Boke seems to be with something else each time as well. Now, yeah. given that there's only 2,100 boxes released, already just having seen already three of the Poly Farmer ones is too much of a coincidence. They can't, yeah, four. Four of them is too much of a coincidence based on a percentage on a per capita basis, yeah. But I've also seen some differences. So, for example, the Rocker Sig that I got, people have had different matchups with that. Um, Matt, I did see that one today. There was someone that got card number oh, – I was Jack Dyer. There was Jack Dyer and a couple of Dangerfields, I believe it was, and they were both number 28. Yeah, Boken Murray, Damon saying, yeah, that's the other one. Boken Murray yeah, is the other Boken one that we Murray saw. Well. And again, yeah. we've got a very small sample size here. You know, I think probably only at best 10% of the stock is open at the moment, maybe 5%, something Not like either. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a small amount. Um, so, yeah, there was definitely a few. Well, I guess we'll see more in time. But the interesting thing on the other side of that is haven't seen a Dusty, haven't seen a Pendles, 
haven't seen a Bonson Pelly. Mitchell, that, that Mitchell I just opened is the first one of those I've seen. I, I've, I've seen I've seen one um, one Mitchell somewhere else. Um, but I mean, a few of those guys I have not seen any of. You know, people have been talking about that they haven't really seen GWS players. There was a Callan Ward on eBay this morning. Sorry, excuse me. But yeah, I haven't seen any Dusties, and I guess this is probably a nice little moment to point out. I am obviously looking for the Dustin Martin card. So if anyone out there has the Dustin Martin, or they get it tomorrow or the next couple of days, especially if it's jumper number or one. There's a very nice rocker sig sitting right here that will happily go into someone's hands or a whole heap of new other things. But anyway, just a bit of self-indulgent, dusty no, time. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to use the power of card authority to go and get me the St Kilda cards from this series because Seb Ross is no Jack Steele. All right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so look, um, oh, interesting there from Cherry. Yeah, look, the new social media approach. And, look, um, I won't say who it is, but we actually know the guys that do social media for Select. Um, and, obviously, we know Lynn that did the production. They come from a different industry that I've been associated with in the past. They're really smart people doing their social media, really smart guys. So, again, it's another big tick to Select with what they're doing and how they're trying to really raise the stakes of what they're up to, um, which yeah. is great. Uh I'm just going to add to that as well. Um, yep. what, what they did last week was absolutely levels, not a level, levels above anything they've ever done before in terms of the way they've communicated to the market. It, it was polished. It was preset video, theming, music, licensed music in the background, everything. Yep. And then to have an, uh, someone come on and it was really nice to actually have a female on deck and talking about it, but talking with sophistication, talking with knowledge. They knew what they were talking about and stuff. And can I tell you, what was really nice to see afterwards, and aside from a couple here and there that's always going to happen, is people really commending Select about the live stream. But it didn't turn into this whole, oh, there's a, a, you know, a beautiful young woman or anything misogynistic or sexist or anything like that. It was commending Select about the quality of the communication and the marketing piece that they had done. So, yeah, exactly what you just said, like credit to all who were involved in that. And I really hope that's a big directional shift for them as a business because I really think it's like it's demonstrable that they're almost starting to come of age and yep. they're meeting the requirements of what a more sophisticated market and a more sophisticated hobby looks like in 2020 and beyond and not living in the past of where we've previously been. They're embracing technology, innovation, and the fact that their customer base and their collector base is not what it, it's not just a very small little corner of people anymore. It's really growing and that's what they need to be doing to continue to appease the new participants coming into the market. So good on them, well done. Absolutely, you know, and you've got new as you said new people coming in every day that want to be wooed they want to be entertained a lot of people doing this card stuff are here for a bit of fun there's obviously some serious collectors all that kind of stuff um but yeah a really good job now look we we're gonna we'll keep going for a couple more minutes we are conscious on time we were gonna do a mini today which someone did troll us about pre-episode that it was never going to be a mini so look if you guys do have any last minute questions fire them through we will get to them but um let's talk a little bit on pricing so um 
it's very hard to estimate where some of these cards are going to go and what they're going to go for. Um, as we just had a message here from Pete, you know, there's a Crips on eBay, which is pretty much the only Crips I've seen. Maybe I've seen one other one is already sitting at $830. Wait, would you have but before, so 24 hours ago, what would you have said a Patrick Cripps card was probably going to sell for? Oh, look, let's be honest. AJ is going to be upfront with everyone. I didn't think it would be at that level yet. I'm pretty sure I said to you, if it wasn't you, it was someone else. I thought the high-end stuff aside from the Dusty and Pendles, but your Crippers and your Bontempellis and your stuff like that would price somewhere in that 500 to 800 range. The fact that that's sitting now at 8.30, four days, four and a half days to go, I was wrong. Yep. People love it. People want it. Let's start comparing these sort of things to what we've seen in the last couple of series. Don't be surprised, folks, if some of these prices start blowing your mind. We're going to see some new benchmarks set, and we're going to see this series most likely lift up that catalogue as well and other series too. Again, yep. Number to fifty superior quality card. You know what are you gonna what are you gonna compare it to? Showstoppers and things like that. Well, yeah, you can compare it to showstoppers numbering wise. You can't compare the two quality wise. It's yep. horses. You know, horses for courses, apples and oranges, whatever other shitty analogy you can come up with, you can apply it here. Yeah. And so, do you think that um, is it fair to assume that the signatures are probably going to be the benchmark of the series? That they are going to be the, I guess, the hot items, even above probably a Pendles or a Dusty or a Crips or anything like that. Uh, yeah. In, in certain respects, look, my, you know that my my general sentiment is that for the most part, in AFL, signatures are undervalued against other cards because we're not like a rookie-based speculation sport or we haven't been in, in previous in, in the in the previous history of the hobby. To me, it's the signatures that have that have always been the really important things because not only are the cards numbered and are they limited, but that person's physical mark that they've left on the card is limited from the day that they pass away or move on or whatever. And with respect to athletes and sports people, that, that's, you know, historically shows... <laughs> That that's always going to be the case. So it's almost like a signature card is is a true piece of memorabilia. It's a true relic, so to speak. And not that the other cards aren't. It's a different type of thing. However, and a big however here, after holding these cards in hand, and look, I haven't seen a signature one, and I'll have to look at yours eventually when it gets redeemed or whatever. But oh, these are these are some serious looking cards and some serious quality cards and. You know, it's. I think the reality is something like a Dusty, which I think, especially with the photo and everything, will be like ridiculous in hand. The, the, ultimately, like the physical card, if you're going to look at it in your cabinet or look at it on your shelf or in your drawer, whatever it is, I dare say that some of the base are going to look better than some of the signatures and they're going to be held in a higher regard than some of those signatures. So we might see the prices a bit all over the shop here whereby there may be base cards selling for as much or more than the signature cards. We'll definitely see it. Yeah, I definitely think some signature cards are going to be worth more than others, um, probably a little bit due to the collector base. Like, obviously, Collingwood is Collingwood. You know, Essendon and Carlton are strong. Um, you know, the Melbourne West Coast one is a little bit interesting that, you know, when you've got two players from two teams, you're effectively splitting the collector pool there. So, yeah. You only need 25 Melbourne supporters and 25 West Coast supporters or collectors. You know, they're, they're all going to want it. Well, There's and, only so many cards. And that, yeah, and that's discounting any master set collectors or subset collectors as well. Of course. Yep, very true. 
Yeah. Um, so quick one, which I, I've seen just before and also I was asked during the day today, how do you think this affects supremacy? Do you think supremacy are going to raise their prices, increase their production run? Um, if anything, I don't think... I think the days of being able to buy a case of supremacy are probably gone. I would be very... My best guess is that it's going to be very similar to what we've just been through, where they're going to limit people to, say, two boxes, something like that. Yep. Um, so to answer that question, what do I think it does to supremacy? Look, I think regardless of what happened with this product, everyone saw the supremacy was undervalued with respect to for the $500 you paid for a box 12 months ago, you, you couldn't lose in terms of secondary market perceived value of singles. And then that perceived value of singles came turned out to be sustained value. And now we're seeing sustained growth. Um, so on that basis, I think Select as a company probably looks to squeeze more out of the product. I think increasing the production run, you, you know, it, it basically risks a dilution issue. So I would say that if they're going to change anything at a structural level, it'll actually be the pricing. The price per unit will go up. And as you said, I think that you won't be able to buy cases. I reckon there's going to be serious box limits. You know, last year on Supremacy, you could buy 20 cases per person. No chance that's going to be in play this time. It'll probably be a case at, a case at best if they're even prepared to run it as cases and not just loose boxes. Um, the second part of your question, it, it, well, it's not the second part, but in broad terms, you said, well, what else does this do for supremacy, this particular relics? You know what I think this does for supremacy? And it's not just supremacy. Supremacy is one of the beneficiaries of it. It takes a product to a much wider marketplace and it's going to bring a whole bunch of new people into the hobby. And we already know that, okay, we've got speculators who have moved in to come and flip. They're speculating on using bots and whatever to buy the sealed stock and then turn it over. We've got all these different types of people. We've got some guy who heard from someone's cousin, mate, that you can go and buy this thing. If you get it for 150, you can't lose. Whether you open it or you keep it sealed, you're not going to lose, you're not going to lose. So as a result, in the last 36 hours, we've had a massive influx of people come in. Some of them are collectors, there's no doubt about it. Some of them are old collectors that have come back. But we have a whole bunch of different types of people. And what's going to be interesting is to see that do we retain these people in the microeconomy of trading cards here? And do they now stick around? And like many before them, do they receive the box in the post? And rather than selling one, they decide to crack one open and they open it up and they find the card. And they pull out the Carlton card and they're like, wow, I don't collect cards, but this is beautiful and I go for Carlton. You know what? I'm going to keep this Patrick Cripps card. And in a week's time, they decide they want to look for something else and they want something to go next to their Patrick Cripps. Or they tell one of their friends, I bought this thing and I got a trading card and their friend comes out of the shadow who's no longer embarrassed anymore that they collect trading cards and says, well, you know what? I've actually been collecting trading cards the last six months. It's, it's on. It is on. No matter what anyone else is saying, it's not. It's not dying. It's not bursting. None of it is on. Yeah, there's corrections, there's ebbs and flows. We talk about it all the time. The momentum is there. We may have a slow week, but then the next week after, another fifty new people join in the hobby. You can tell. You know how you can tell. You can't just tell by the numbers on Facebook or the prices going up and everything. We got the cherry guys on here. You know, one thing that Ch Charlie does extraordinarily well that I've noticed, and Charlie, if you're still watching, you do the welcome message on your Cherry Crew group, on your Facebook group once a week. And you know what that is to me? 
that's not about affirmation for those people to be welcome to the page. For someone else that's looking at it, that's me going, Jesus Christ, look how many people on a weekly basis are joining these guys' page. Because all that is there is a reflection of the hobby. And whether they're coming in for NBA, AFL, MLB, Pokemon, NFL, UGO, whatever it is, they are people that were not there the day before. And all that adds to the overall market and the position of the hobby as a sector and as a market segment, and it's going to keep growing. It's going to become harder and more expensive to attain cards. So people need to come up with better strategies as to how they want to collect. That's that's my advice. That's what I think. And I'm having to make those adjustments myself. I can't go bulk this series. I know I can't bulk collect this series because it's not reasonable. So I'm going to narrow down what my chase is. And then I'm going to think that, well, next year there's going to be another four releases to work towards as well. So yep. That's that's my vibe. Yeah. Um, and, and look, you know, you're absolutely spot on. You know, you in any industry, you need to constantly be evolving as a consumer, as the commercial side of things. And, yeah, as I just put up on the screen, you know, Cherry, Cherry are the market leader of this, and these guys do it bloody well, you know. So, um you know, it would be great if a lot of the other operations, you know, continue to lift their game as well. And just like Select have that we've talked about already on the show, um, as it keeps evolving, getting, you know, getting more mature, more sophisticated, all that kind of stuff, things are only going to get better. But unfortunately, things are going to get more expensive. So, yeah. you know, it's supply demand. We've talked about all these things a million times over the show. Um Okay, so look, obviously it's been exciting. Obviously, you know, this has not been a mini. This has been an hour as per usual. Um, talk to me about the, you know, final thing before we move on, uh, or should I say, to say goodnight. How do you see the next week going? Do you think there is going to be a mad rush for people getting the cards they want? Is the secondary market stuff on eBay going to continue to blow, blow up? You know, as we said before, Boxes are selling. There's at least a dozen sales that have happened at $350. Are we going to see $500 boxes? Are we going to see $1,000 boxes? You know, what's, what is this? Are we going to see people doing breaks for them? You know, we haven't really seen that yet. We saw um, Hobby Kingdom actually put up a break today, but I believe that's just one of Troy's personal boxes that he got. You know, is there going to be breakers that are going to start adding these into breaks? And do you think people are going to want to do it? Yeah, so I think the market will determine itself. And as they say, the tribe has spoken because Troy McGlade, Hobby Kingdom, if anyone that wants to have a look, Troy's on the stream right now. I can see him in the comments. He's got a breaks page called Hobby Kingdom. He's set up through Shopify, I think, ironically, as well. He's on the Shopify back Get the bots out. Get the, the bots, bots out. Get the bots to buy the break spots. Um, but what I was going to say is, so Troy has been the first one to dip his feet in the deep end and put something out there which has uh, has this product in it. And I think it's fair to say, based on what I've been looking at, it's the fastest the fastest filling break in about three weeks. Yep, yep, I think it's probably it, a fair it, assumption. Yeah, it filled within a few minutes. Yep. It, did, it, did, it didn't fill because of the other product that's in the break. It filled because of the brilliance. Yep. What is that? So I think it was one brilliance, five packs of dominance and a box of certified yeah? Yep. And it filled instantly. 
So I think that's indicative that people want the action. And now let's be realistic about it as well, because you and I have had a couple of chats about this and, and what, what the dynamic's going to be with respect to breaking. And I've had quite a few of the breakers contact me to ask for, or not to ask for advice, but to, to soundboard off me and stuff like that as well about what I think. Yeah, I have too, yeah. Yeah, so it's an interesting situation. So at first, my, my initial thoughts were, this is tough here because it's 150 uh, you know, retail product. It's going to be a breakers are only going to be able to pick it up in the probably the three to four hundred range off eBay and stuff and off the secondary market. So if it's going to get broken, it's going to have to break in the four hundred to five hundred range. But which sounds crazy for one card, but let's 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 put it in realistic terms for all us degenerates that go in breaks on a constant basis. The realistic terms is when we go in a dominance break. We're not even looking to hit the box hit in the dominance break. We couldn't care less about the 36 packets or 35 packets. What we want is that one case hit. So you want the case hit to come out and you want the team that's got the case hit, yeah? So think about this card and brilliance with respect to breaks as forget about all the base cards and forget about all the other shit. You've just taken the case hit and you've slapped the case hit into a break and it's a matter of which team's going to get it. So when you look at it from that perspective, the value is actually, it's quite extraordinary because you're still chasing a case hit, but it's guaranteed. There's no ifs or buts whether the big hit's going to be there. It's there. It can only be one of 18 people. Like yep. one of 18 people are going to get it. You're not sitting there going, oh, shit, it's a metal card. You know, that's it. It's a write-off. You know that no matter what comes out of the other boxes or product in that break, there is the equivalent of a case hit coming out because every single card in brilliance is effectively a case hit. So from that perspective, I reckon the breaks are actually going to go absolutely gangbusters once people start start putting them out there. I, I suppose the big question is, is, a, is there the stock levels to be able to sustain the breaks and can the breakers actually get access to stock? So that's, that's the biggest issue here, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a good point. And I think the demand is there. People, there's a lot of people that want their cards and especially the higher end cards where they don't want to go and spend $1,000 or $2,000 or something like that. They want to have a little bit of a chance to try to win that card. So, yeah, watch this space. I think we will have a lot more to talk about next week when we, uh, well, we'll try to get back for a proper show, even though we're clocking over 65 minutes now. Um, but we'll certainly, you know, have a look at how this first week has gone, as we always have, and see where everything lies. So, look, thank you, everyone, for your engagement tonight. Obviously, there's still a million questions. You know, we could ask the questions all night. But thank you, everyone, for your support. Um, well done, Select. Fantastic job. Um, overall, it has been a huge success what you guys have managed to pull off. Um, and well done for the community to embrace it. I, I actually think the tone of the community over the last 24 hours has been, a, has been a lot more positive than it perhaps has been in the past. So well done to all you guys out there that have got involved and bought stock and, you know, doing trades and supporting people. Like people post their hits at the moment and everyone's, you know, saying well done and really the affirmation is brilliant and that's what a community should be about we should all be having a good time and enjoying ourselves because this is fun don't take it too fucking seriously it is fun yeah so and that's it it's, it's not, not just about the money it's not just about the money it's not just about the cards and we've harped on before it's the sense of community and the sense of belonging that continues to bring us all back together because the conversations we're having right now and the engagement and the ability to all talk to each other and engage with each other even in the comments 
to me, and I'll continue to say it over and over, that's to me as, as important as the physical cards and the chase and everything else involved in it. It's the holistic approach and I couldn't agree more. I think the sentiment is really positive. And as I said, there's certain, you know, people always have a right to be upset and angry and frustrated and pissed off and resentful about different things. And absolutely that is, that is their human right to be like that. But from a really broad perspective, the vibe is just, it's amazing at the moment. And I really think this release has, has just put that steam and, and that, that buzz just right back into the market again. And I think it, it gives us a really exciting summer period to look forward to with trading cards and footy cards, which would otherwise be a really dead period. So I'm excited. The vibe is great out there. I'm seeing a heap of new people in the comments that have obviously just joined Card Authority in the last few days as well. And, and that's a reflection of the scene. So, um, yeah, thanks again for everyone for joining us. And if anyone wants to connect on Facebook, you can catch us on the Card Authority page. If you're looking for a community to be a part of, of trustworthy people, of collectors and people who want to trade, feel free to check out the really good vibes community. And there's plenty of other great pages. You've got the AFL trades, the trade and sales pages, the select and team coach pages. Just uh, get involved, guys, and stay tuned to Card Authority. and. Some amazing questions we couldn't get to tonight, but we'll address them in the next episode. So just thanks again for everyone for embracing it so much. And what a time. What a time to be alive. What a time. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks again. Ciao. Thanks, guys.